We're your hosts. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Kelsey. Florida natives for two decades. And true crime fanatics. Welcome to the chaos of sunshine and shadows. The Sunshine State earned her nickname in 1970, boasting over 800 miles of beaches and 1,500 miles of intercoastal waterways, 11 national parks, and over 8 of the top amusement parks. Florida is the perfect vacation spot to unwind, relax, and vacation with family and friends. Or is it? Florida has 67 counties, totaling a little over 40 million acres of land, broken up into six different regions, filled with swamps, farms, and many rural cities. On this podcast, we will take a look at the counties and their dark, seedy underbellies of crime and mystery, reminding everyone that you can't have sunshine without the shadows. On this season of Sunshine and Shadows, we will be focusing on the Sunshine State's infamous Northeast Florida region. These 20 mostly rural farm counties do bring forth several universities and state colleges and larger metropolitan areas. During this season, we will be examining these counties, exposing their dark shadowy secrets in the pursuit of advocating for families and giving a voice to the voiceless. Join us on this journey to learn more about our home state on this season of Sunshine and Shadows. Welcome to the, is this the inaugural episode? Do we call it that? Yeah, I'm this so excited. This is the founding episode. I'm so excited. Like if you guys knew how long we'd been talking about this. Um, we went through like a friendship breakup <laughs> and then this was still like what we wanted to do and then you know we came back to be friends um, so this has been like two years in the making mm-hmm. oh we finally did the dang thing we forgot the champagne but we're doing the dang thing but we got we got the sonic so that counts <laughs> yep it counts so i'm gonna introduce you to clay county not that you really need an introduction <laughs> thanks <laughs> so All right, bear with me because I'm fixing to go, like, Lewis and Clark on your ass. Oh, no. Okay. So, Clay County, this is um, according to their website. So, Clay County is situated in northeast Florida. The county lies southwest of the city of Jacksonville and west of historic St. Augustine. I like that they base us off of Jacksonville. (laughs) Like, so I feel like those are two pretty good cities to kind of, you know, that people are familiar with that they can know where we are in, in Florida right now. So, Clay County's eastern border, (laughs) Lewis and Clark, um, is nestled along the banks of the scenic St. John River. Ew, more like nasty. Um, It has miles of undeveloped woodlands, and I'm sure we'll find cases and bodies all throughout there. (laughs) If somebody wants to go look for it, uh, go for it. Just let us know what you find. Um, And so, here is a direct quote from the Clay County website. Those of us who live within the 600 miles that comprise Clay County know firsthand of the county's natural beauty and vast historic, natural, recreational, and agricultural resources. Founded almost 150 years ago, our county has developed into a diverse mixture of suburban and rural areas and is a vivid panorama of productivity, modern living, superior schools, a well-trained workforce, bustling retail centers and economic vitality end quote it like literally sounds like a pick me girl like, you know like when pick me's like explain themselves like <laughs> it's literally how they explain themselves clay county's going on the pick me girl page <laughs> yeah that's literally all they are so then the um, website goes on to boast that the county is home to more than 
218,000 residents. Kind of less than I thought it would be. Like, oh, I was like, where are they at though? <laughs> I don't know. I guess in my mind, like, I thought Orange Park would be like. Oh yeah, I guess. And so. then you got to like count in like Fleming Island and Green Cove, like. Oh, and the Berg. Yeah, that's so a booming. Yeah. So I don't know. So the website then goes on to claim that this is a haven for those who love nature and the outdoors, and is home to some of the region's best golf courses, public parks, walking and biking trails. And if you add in the enjoyment of boating, fishing, canoeing, or kayaking on the 46 square miles of lakes and rivers, it's the perfect place to live. It sounds like an ad for, like, old people. Like, <laughs> I would put it, like, at the bottom of, like, Fox or CNN News, like, <laughs> retirement community. But also, don't come to Florida. We're full. Like, at capacity. Completely. Um, <laughs> Please no, thank you. Like, we have traffic now in our small town, and we never used to have that. So, like, <laughs> it, like, when, when I went up to the high school the other day... It, like, took me, like, ten minutes to get there. Ugh. It used to be a five-minute drive. Oh, I, I was can't. so pissed. I don't. <laughs> so then I showed up only five minutes early and not ten minutes early. So I was like, I... Internal panic. I know. Internal panic. And then, of course, I couldn't figure out the door because she was, like... It was, she, like, buzzed it, but she didn't tell me to pull it right when she buzzed it. <laughs> so she had to come over to the intercom and say, pull the door. So I was like... Okay. Struggle busing. I know. So that is the county that we're in. Now the city that we're in is Keystone Heights. So keeping your geographical mind in place, and here we go, Lewis and Clark again. So Keystone Heights is located in the southwestern part of the county. Um, <laughs> so uh, when you're looking at a map, it's basically the bottom of the county. And according to a 2020 census, only has 1,446 residents. Mm. It's just a baby. <laughs> 1,400 people. It's just a baby town. <laughs> I know. It keeps going up, too. So people keep moving here. I don't know why. Stop moving here. Which I think also we have the um, nursing home here. So, like, that number is subject to fluctuate quickly and yeah. <laughs> swiftly. <laughs> That's true. Um, so we will go ahead and include images of the Florida counties that in the Focus County of the Week along with our show notes on our website which we'll update weekly when the podcast drops. Um, maybe within an hour of the podcast dropping. Not going to be like a midnight drop or release. Like no need to like stake out our website. <laughs> um, if you want to, go for it. Uh, <laughs> if you do, let us know. Yeah, let us know if you're like one of those like rope drop people at Disney because we were never those people. <laughs> no. We were good. We were good, y'all. <laughs> we, we would close it down. We didn't want to open it up. We nope. wanted to close it down. I want when the sun is down. <laughs> yes, and it's not baking us. So, this is super interesting about Keystone Heights. It was originally not Keystone Heights. What was it? Um, so, it really didn't have a name. <laughs> they were just kind of vibing with, like, it was a timber company. And so, um, it didn't earn its name until it became incorporated in 1924. Hmm. By those, like, Pennsylvanian people, right? Correct. <laughs> so, so, super cool little fact. The city gained the name Keystone... Or so, the city gained the Keystone Heights school in 1925 so a whole year these kids were just out here vibing not well, really doing anything well, you gotta think back in the 20s that's like when we like made kids work oh yeah they were they, they were, were like <laughs> working in the timber factory they were slaving away so as the city rapidly grew so they considered rapid growment they added 25 residents okay i mean it's pretty big you gotta think about like 25 people moving back like you got like they didn't have roads like they're on like their horse and buggies i don't know where they're coming from who wrote to them Come see this town. <laughs> it's not really a town. We just kind of like put a hotel here. This is when the re the witness relocation started. <laughs> yeah. So 
anyone that's from here, um, when you talk to people that move here from out of town, because most of us all grow up together, um, and they say, like, these weird places. Like, somebody moved here from, like, Mobile, Alabama. And I was like, how did you find us? And they were like, oh, we have family, a family, a family here. And I was like, nope, witness protection. And so, like, I think that was an ongoing joke with everybody that they were like, we were a witness relocation town. Because, I mean, nobody would find us. Like, Homeland Security don't come for me. If it's true, like, my bad, bro. We were just joking around. Yeah, um, I would like to live to see, um, I don't know, 35, so. Yeah, so Homeland Security, we're joking, and this isn't serious. Please don't come for us. <laughs> Disclaimer. So... As the city rapidly grew, the school expanded as well. So in 1963, it didn't expand until 1963. <laughs> so from 1925 to 1963, Keystone Heights High School and Keystone Heights Elementary were established on the same property of what the elementary school is today. In September of 1974, they decided that the high school was going to move to its present day location across the street and become the Keystone Heights Junior Senior High School. The little town of Keystone has two elementary schools, McCray Elementary, which is out in the boonies, and then Keystone Heights Elementary, which is literally across the street from the only high school in the town. The elementary schools both host grades pre-K through 6, and the high school is what we call a junior-senior high school, so that is grades 7 through 12, and there is no middle school for our area, despite years of protests. Yeah, they, like, say they're going to build it, like, <laughs> <laughs> like... Like, my little brother, so, for reference, I graduated in 2015. Um, my little brother graduated in 2021. Um, and he was telling me. He was like, oh, they're building us a middle school. <laughs> and I was like, okay, they said that, like, whenever I started going to the school. And, like, again, since it's, like, 7 through 12, like, I started there in 2009. Like, think about that. Like, and then I remember Coach Morford, we'll take his name out if we can't say his name, but. Yeah. <laughs> telling us that, like, yeah, when I was in school here, they kept telling us they were going to build us a middle school. So that was, like, 30 years ago. There's no middle school. Yeah, this is like the longest living lie ever. It's not coming. They lie to us all the time. Yeah, so don't get your hopes up. If you want to come here for a middle school, like, sorry, no. Nope, just going to go to high school. Get over <laughs> Forever. For till college. You're in high school for, for till, till college. college. <laughs> you are for till college. <laughs> so now I'm going to introduce you to the case and the family now that I've given you some background, some geographical background. Slowly going to bring it back since the public education decided to, like, throw it away. We're gonna bring it slowly. This is our this is our um, assault on public education to bring back geography. <laughs> they got rid of it. Yeah, they don't have geography anymore. Stop it. It's like slipped into social studies, and you have like four or five standards. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but when I looked on CPOMS, which is the Florida website for standards, I did not see that many geography standards. It's like literally into social studies. Oh my god. They don't even make the kids learn the states and the capitals anymore. That was like my least favorite thing to do. I've, like, forgotten half of them. Like, I was, like, tormented because I would always, like, stutter over them. Uh, you want to be tormented? Whenever <laughs> I had um, a certain teacher in ninth grade, I'm um, not going to say his name because I don't want to have to. He was he was a good teacher. Nothing like that. He made us learn all of the countries in, like, Europe, in the Middle East, and we had to learn all their capitals, and we were tested on it weekly. All, like... Uzbekistan, Kazbekistan, like Afghanistan, like <laughs> Kuwait, all even the tiniest. We had to know them. We had to know the capitals. No, no. If my, if our town population is higher than that country's population, I should not have to learn it. It literally was a nightmare. <laughs> that's probably me being privileged, but like, yeah. oh, I probably would have failed that class. I'm glad I didn't take it because the state's almost like the state's almost tanked my perfect straight A B for elementary school because we had to learn it in sixth grade. 
so back on topic <laughs> um so about this case this case so the town is the backdrop for this case and the case which you might be wondering is that of a young I w technically she's a young woman but I'm gonna say young girl or young lady throughout this because you'll learn why coming up it just feels more fitting to refer to her as a young lady um, and her name was Jordan Cooper she was born in Gainesville Florida in October of 1992 to her parents Jeff and Renee Cooper Jordan was a resident of Keystone Heights for her entire life and graduated from the junior senior high school in 2012 so throwing it back to all of us 2012 people <laughs> so according to her parents Jordan was a huge movie enthusiast and critic she was also an avid reader and writer and her favorite genres were fiction adventure and fairy tales and she had a love for all animals but especially dogs so when I wanted to learn a little bit more about her, I actually went to her memorial fund page and I thought this was like the cutest thing ever. So it goes on to talk about how Jordan is an alumni of you know Keystone Heights High School. While at Keystone Heights High School, she was a member of the Exceptional Student Education Program, which is um, the acronym is ESE. So Jordan was passionate about all things Harry Potter, including the book series and movies. She loved movies and reading and NCIS. Me too. Her family and her best friend, her dog, Dozer. So Jordan's life was unexpectedly cut short at the age of 25, and she is dearly missed and loved by all who knew her. Do you, like, remember, like, I mean, I know we're going to go into this more, but, like, when this happened, so, like, Keystone had never had anything like this happen ever. No. So, well, I mean, we'd had, like, car accidents and motorcycles, which I feel but is, like. never, like, an intentional, like. What, what, where I'm not going to get into it now because she's going to go into it in depth, but like, oh, yeah, this literally, like, it, I changed think it, yeah, it lot. blew, I think it blew a lot of people's minds because it literally was so bizarre. Like, just the circumstances and, like, the, I guess, like, the small town pressure cooker situation that it created was just, like, so bizarre and, like, to this day blows my mind. So, this case is rough. It's just rough. And honestly, this was, like, probably one of the first cases that I, like, actively was researching. And to anyone that was actively researching it at the time, there were, like, four different news outlets that were covering it, and they were all different. Like, nobody could seem to agree. Journalism. Yay. <laughs> and so it was it was rough. It, oof. It's going to, like, make sure there's no objects that you can throw at me, because I'm just okay. the messenger. Okay. And I don't deserve it. <laughs> so... Jordan's case begins on November 26th, ish. Ish, okay. Ish. So November 26th, 2017, is when her mom posts a plea on her personal Facebook page asking for everyone to share a picture of Jordan. It was literally from her 25th birthday, literally, a, like, to the day a month taken before. Like, to the day. Like, mm -hmm. we're talking, or it was a day before. It, uh, it was that ripped my heart out. So, it was a picture of her from her 25th birthday, um, and it was taken the month before. And it was asking for people to keep an eye out for Jordan. She was missing, and no one in her family had seen her. So the post garnered 285 shares, which I feel like is a lot for our small town because not a lot of people, except for younger kids, are on social media. And it had about 61 comments, and the comments were mostly asking Miss Renee to make the post public so that it could be shared, and then a flood of people stating, like, 
where they were from and where they had shared it to like that location. A second post then goes up on November 27th and she again pleads with her friends on Facebook to share her daughter's picture and be on the lookout. She also requests her Facebook friends that have kids that went to school with Jordan to also share the picture and be on the lookout as well. Then there's a gap in her posting from November 27th to December 7th. She posts nothing. Doesn't share anything. Nothing like that. Um, And then on the 7th, she she shares a post from the Clay County Sheriff's Department which requests that everyone be on the lookout um, for Jordan and that she didn't have any news updates, but it was her Jordan's official missing poster. So, and this is where it gets confusing. Okay. So, like, we just have that little blurb of, like, what we can, like, for sure, finite, these are the hardcore details say, and now we're on a roller coaster ride. Oh, no. So, please secure all small children, hands and feet stay in the car at all times, and lift up so we can pull on the lap belt, and here we go. So, it gets really confusing, and the reason I think it does is possibly because of Jordan's age. So, when they first started reporting that she was missing, they said she was 25. Most people aren't going to pay attention to a 25-year-old missing. They're going to think it's a runaway of no fault to their own, but you kind of just dismiss it in your head versus, like, if you see a 5-year-old or a 7-year-old missing. So, I think that's why we saw a different attitude in general in the beginning. Um, But, again, this... It was rough. So let's go back to the timeline because we have to go ahead and contradict ourselves from the beginning already. (laughs) Okay. Oh, love this. (laughs) So, and I think that people are confused by it. um, Definitely because, like I said, there's four different news outlets, and that was um, for fear of them coming after us. I'm not going to say them, but throughout the the podcast, you'll hear me mention several news outlets, (laughs) and feel free to do your own research. So um, I think with that with the different reporting and then the small town i mean keystone is like super southern vibey small town everyone knows everybody or you know somebody who knows everybody um so i think that made like a pressure cooker for this just to go insane in the membrane um (laughs) it's just a jumble of information so at this point i'm gonna try and report what we know for as fact according to the state's attorney's office which oh. was not a lot. <laughs> Which was not a lot. They literally had three paragraphs on this. <laughs> like, that was their final, like, after the court. I obviously do not think highly of the state's attorney's office. We're going <laughs> to leave it there. Um, so this literally, like, and I'll show you. Um, I'll pull up the website. But it was literally, like, a three-paragraph, like, blurb. Hmm. Love that. So um, my goal here is to report what we know as fact and provide information that I can verify through at least one news outlet. Okay. And the Clay County Sheriff's Department Facebook page, their social media account, okay. not their Twitter, because that's a mess. Hmm. Whoever is handling their Twitter, please watch a video or a TikTok. <laughs> um, so you're probably <laughs> going to want to get a pad, a pen, a whiteboard, some red string, and coffee to keep up with all of this. Let's go. <laughs> so get your whiteboards ready, ladies and gentlemen. It is, it is a doozy. So here's what we know. For 100%-ish fact. Ish. A lot of ish in this. So Jordan was last seen by a family member on Saturday, November 25th. So keep 25 in your head because that is confirmed by eventually all of the news outlets, the Clay County Sheriff's Department, and the state's attorney's office. So the 25th is the last sighting we have of her by a family member. 
We then know her mom goes on to post on Facebook on the 26th, and we also have confirmation she contacted the Clay County Sheriff's Department on the 26th. So as soon as she knew Jordan was missing, she threw up a post, and then she contacted the authorities. This is confirmed by the state's attorney's office. So the state's attorney's office then goes on to state that especially it was especially concerning that Cooper did not, since Cooper did not drive or work and never left home without being accompanied by a family member. So they are stating that there was great cause for concern because none of these criteria were met when she was missing. And this is where things go off the rails. <laughs> that fast so according to a report by the florida times union cooper was reported missing on the 25th agreed um she was last seen near little rain lake park off of florida 21 walking within um distance of her home in the quiet brooklyn bay neighborhood so for those of you who can't see kelsey's face it is very confused and she's like shooketh I mean, I'm not walking that, but, like, it's Florida and it's hot, so, like, I don't know, maybe if you were, like, in... Okay, so for, like, reference, like, Little Rain Lake Park in Brooklyn, like, where this girl lived at at the time, that's, like, a mile, mile and a half. Yes, and then... And, like, there's no sidewalks. Like, it's just on the side of a state road. Well, they're citing she could have been on rails to trails. Okay. But still, that is right by a main roadway, and that does just not seem fathomable. No. So maybe we'll include a picture mm-hmm. for reference to show, like, the main road and then, like, where this supposed, like, sidewalk was. So so she was seen within walking distance of her home in the quiet Brooklyn Bay neighborhood. She lived on the same property as her family, which I know from other provided information is a little bit confusing. She did not – I mean, she lived on the same property as her family, but she lived in the house with her mom. So, <laughs> like – she didn't like have a standalone home by herself she was with her mom so like that statement seemed really weird to me because that kind of made it seem like she was necessarily going to start at the top of that paragraph Mm -hmm. so jordan is reported missing by her mom um renee cooper on the same day that she makes that facebook post which is november 26th (sighs) it is not officially posted on the clay county sheriff's website so their facebook until Tuesday, November 28th. Hmm, okay, cool. So... It's a little bit past 48 hours, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, like, later in the morning. So it's not even, like, a when people first wake up and open their social media. Like, this was, at like, 10 o'clock. Yeah, see, like, not to hate on, like, what they do, but, like, again, like, to take into circumstance the fact that, like... So I'm 25. So, like, if I disappeared, I understand, like, 48-hour time period for me. Jordan, on the other hand, was special needs. Yes, so she was enrolled in the Exceptional Student yeah. Education so Program. did they ever say, like, what, like, age her, like, she functions at? Yes, so when they made their post on Tuesday, they claimed to have multiple agencies responding to the scene, and then they went on to say that Jordan has the mental capacity of a 13- to 14-year-old um, individual, and so it is imperative that she is located. She's described as being 4 foot 11 inches, weighing about 110 pounds, Jordan has dirty blonde hair, blue eyes, and was possibly wearing a Grace hoodie-style sweatshirt prior to going missing. Okay. Yeah, see, again, I'm 25 for reference, 48 hours, fine. Somebody that has the mental ability of a 13 to 14-year-old, um, yeah, no. Yes. And so remember, she hadn't been seen since the 25th. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. So if we want to count it out, 25 to 25, 26, 26 to 27, 27 to 28, that is like three days mm -hmm. that she has a jump on. Yeah, whatever happened. Getting anywhere, yes. So another post was made on Wednesday the 29th, and the Clay County Sheriff's Office informed the public that they had air support flying all over the area as well as investigative canines on the ground. So they didn't say, they just said investigative canines. They didn't provide any more information other than that. They asked the public to use extreme caution while in the area. And according to reports um, from different news outlets, Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, FWC, joined the search of the wooded area around the park where she was last reportedly seen at the park. And then the Clay County Sheriff's Office also informed the media that they are receiving helps from the United States Customs and Border Control. Oh. <laughs> via air support. Oh, okay. To which I say, how'd y'all get here so quick? <laughs> Where were y'all at? <laughs> so y'all were just like vibing in the area? Maybe we have some in Jacksonville. Uh, There's a port there. They might be border control at a port. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Great question. So Anybody that's border control, let us know or know yeah. a little bit about border control. Um, feel free to email us or find us on social media. We will be linked in the show notes. Um, let us know because, like, that was as I was reading that, I was like, I was what? Hmm. So, for those of you who aren't familiar with Florida, FWC is kind of like our game warden. Mm -hmm. So they have um, jurisdiction over the entire state. They tend to not make traffic stops, but they do f have full authority to do so. But they have all of, like, the cool toys in Florida. So they have the boats, the four-wheelers, the ATVs, the, the helicopters, the fun stuff. So they also have search and rescue teams because they are the um, Fish and Wildlife Commission. So that's why they are brought in. And towards these, like, inland searches in Florida, they are often brought in. So that's not un unusual. What is unusual is Customs and Border Control. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, I was like, hmm. So at this point, investigators believed that Jordan was near the park when she disappeared and that they were looking into information that she may have had her cell phone um, with her and that it could still be on and had not died yet, even though she had been gone for like three days now. Um, and so I also wanted to include this passage from News for Jax. So investigators said Friday that the high temperatures, sandy, heavily wooded areas of the park are making it difficult for searchers on foot. They are using all-terrain vehicles to get as deep into the woods as they can before they start walking through the woods. So this is a quote from Sheriff's Deputy Chris Padgett. We have officers who are all over the place going over the wood lines. It's not ideal circumstances, but at the end of the day, it is what we have to do to ensure the safety of Jordan, end quote. The search area expanded again on Friday, but deputies said some areas were being searched again in case anything was missed. Um, a mobile command center has also been set up to help in this effort. And then detectives went on to say, there is no significant evidence that she is out there. But it's a place where they feel they need to be searching. <laughs> Investigators stress that they are not asking for volunteers because they are concerned about disturbing the woods and throwing off the canine teams that were looking for Miss Cooper. I'm just going to read that one more time for our listeners. Um, detective said there's no significant evidence that she is out there. But we're going to spend all of our resources looking there. Yeah, 
allocation of resources. Sure. Um, sounds wonderful. That's exactly <laughs> what we should be doing. So then we get to 4 p.m. on Friday, December 1st, 2017, and the sheriff's office calls a press conference to inform the public that they are like looking for Jordan, what their strategy was and everything, and I included the audio clip, which will be available on our website, if you would like to go and watch it and form your own independent opinions. Here, we're going to pause this, and then I'm going to let her play it for me, and then we'll restart. Okay, so hopefully <laughs> like we can put that on social media, but like a few red flags. Um, for one, the last question I listened to before I told her, like, no. So for reference for our listeners, it was a eight minute and thirty nine, eight minutes and thirty nine um, seconds long clip. Kelsey made it a minute and forty eight before she was done. Well, because they, they <laughs> asked him, "Why are you searching here?" Like, and you know, like, I, again, I know that they cannot tell us during an active investigation, but usually the response is something along the lines of, "Like, this is in the back active investigation. I cannot go into further details." Not, he just said, well, we have no reason to be searching here. Yep. Then why are you allocating funds and why are you saying that you're searching something over and over and over again and you don't think you're missing anything, but you're just going to keep looking in the same area? So. Because you know what? Eyewitness sightings are almost always wrong. Oh, yeah, 100%. Not, like, literally. Oh, yeah. Completely agree with you. So I think. So that was on December 1st, right? So she went missing, officially reported on the 26th. So this is December 1st. And I, don't, um, I know your mind was, like, reeling from what he said, but did you hear um, how he said they have to go back? Mm-hmm. Why are you going back to search a place again if you don't have insider information? See, okay, that's true. So I, I have to put on my conspiracy hat right there because, like, to me that was just kind of like a, huh. Hmm, yeah. Like, again, I'm not a cop. I could never be a cop because I... Get yeah, I would tell people about themselves real quick. Um, also, I, like, match your energy. So if you're coming at me sideways, I'm coming at you sideways. And so not the best for a police officer. So after that infuriating clip, because I watched all eight minutes of it, and remember when I texted you that I was... Thro- I texted you I was throwing my computer. Clarification, I threw my computer charger because I'm not bougie enough to afford to throw a macbook (laughs) and i don't think i ever will be but i will throw that charger so i yeeted that charger after watching the full eight minutes because i was just like shook so then we roll into saturday after that wonderful post and it's literally cookie cutter it is literally the first post they made copy and pasted and i was like hey i get that you're trying to just get information out there um but it it just didn't sit right. Also, some background and a side note, they were running this um, campaign in the background this entire time, and it was like, it's 9 p.m., click it or lose it. So, like, click your car keys and lock your car or you're going to, like, get them broken into. So they were posting all these, like, memes at 9 o'clock while they're also pushing out this information about this missing. It just... It Social media planning and execution did not exist in 2017, apparently. No, like, and I'm going to try and find you a post because, like, when I say that it was the most bizarre thing, it was so strange because, like, the memes, not that they were insensitive or mean or anything like that, but it was just, like, they were posting, it would literally be Jordan's post and then, like, this meme. Hmm. And I was just like, that doesn't, like, we, no. I need, I don't know if you wanted to put up a, a crime report for the day or something, but, like, I needed some space between 
the reminder at 9 p.m. to lock my car or burglars were going to get me mean and this poor missing, you know, young girl. Sunday, December 3rd, they actually post nothing about Jordan. Nothing. No updates, no, hey, please use caution in the area. Nada. And I was like, oh, it must be a mistake. Let me refresh my page. And, like, I, like, filtered the posts. Nothing. Hmm. Radio silent. So then we roll into Monday, December 4th. And they have to make a post due to rumors. And the Sheriff's Department acknowledges these rumors. So there are rumors about the St. John's County Police Department finding remains. And here's their quote. Earlier today, members of St. John's County Sheriff's Office were investigating the possibility of human remains being found. However, no such remains were found. Their investigation is concluded, end quote. Okay. And I was like, not a location, not an area, not like just that. And then that well, same cookie cutter yeah. post we'd seen before. Yeah, but I mean, it's an open investigation for that. So then we roll into Tuesday, right? And they come on and they make a Facebook post asking the community not to assume anything. And here's exactly what it said, like word for word. Please be mindful that we are communicating with Jordan's family and keeping them updated with pertinent information. Some of that information we are not releasing out to the public due to courtesy and respect. We ask the community not assume anything based on the fact that we haven't posted it as these types of investigations are extremely complex. End quote. So, like, do you have, like, the rumors that were going around at that time? Oh, my gosh. What wasn't going around? Because I remember some of them. But, like, again, this was, like, 2017. And, like, for reference, I was in college at that time. So, it was, like, finals week for me. But I remember seeing some of them. So, yeah. So, I was working in the school system during this time. So, I was actually working at Keystone Heights Elementary School during this time. So, a lot of the rumors that were circulating, ar- circulating around that I was hearing was that um, an accident had happened, and they had hidden her body. I remember that one. Because they didn't want anyone to get in trouble. And then there was another one that um, her mom wasn't acting like a grieving mom should. To which I countered, why would she be acting like a grieving mom? Her daughter's missing. And then also, grief is different for everybody. Like, you don't know how you're going to act in that moment. Correct. And what kind of made me angry is, like, Loki, everybody was attacking her mom. I had to rack my brain. I never remember anybody talking crap about her dad. Exactly. It was, like, all targeted at the mom and everything she was doing and where she was, who she was with, how much she was or wasn't doing. But, like, I guess here's my thought process. Her mom is not trained law enforcement. Other than giving the information and joining the searches when she was permitted, which, remember, the sheriff's department asked for no volunteers. So if her mom wasn't allowed to search, what was she supposed to do? Sit at home and go crazy? Or did she probably go to a job where she knew she was needed to try and keep her mind from going absolutely insane? Yeah. So, like, I understand I understand some of her actions. Um, I guess she took the dog from the home and people lost their minds about that. But, I mean, if you aren't staying at the home because, obviously, your child is missing and it's full of memories of her and you want to keep a clear head because you're looking for her, why would you be in an environment that would... So, like, I guess in my mind I could rationalize everything, but, like, people were honing in on... Mm -hmm. I think she could have breathed wrong and people would have lost their marbles. I mean, she did breathe wrong. Like, that's all it, like, took. I remember that during the time and I remember, like, coming home for, like, Thanksgiving break and then, like, coming home for, like 
because you know like finals week is like done like by like december like i think i was home by like the sixth that year so like yeah i want to say you were home pretty early mm -hmm. like i was home in the height of it because i didn't really have any finals because i took classes that did not require finals um <laughs> but okay cool so it was just it was rough the rumors were rough and i really like my heart broke for the family so then we roll into wednesday and nothing nothing from the sheriff's department no updates no please use caution in the area nada thursday we get nothing 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 friday december 8th literally a copy of the december 2nd post word for word there is a spelling error that was in the december 2nd post it's in the december 8th post copy and pasted And then we hit Sunday, and they push out a little blurb. Media announcement will be made at um, 7.30 this evening um, by Sheriff Daniel Sheriff Daryl Daniels around 7.30 p.m. As of 8 p.m., they have to push out another update saying that media groups were still setting up and the update was not going to be live. We then get to 8.28 p.m., and we finally are going live. Okay. This had been uh, like advertised and stated it was going to be around 7:30. yeah but you know sometimes it's just so um the sheriff announces that this is now a death case slash investigation and then bye. like meaning they found a body right or like not confirming that but like so he says this is now a death case investigation and after reviewing the comment section you could definitely see a lot of people asking how the police could have like missed the body found in the house so this wasn't even in his update this was in the comment section so another news outlet had reported that they had an insider information that a body was found at the residence of jordan cooper so this was all going on in the comment section of the clay county sheriff's post so in the comment section a lot of people were frustrated and asking the police how they could have quote unquote thoroughly searched the house and surrounding area with dogs and not found this body again nobody was saying everyone was making guesses and predictions but we have zero confirmation as of december 9th okay. so a lot of people are asking wait a second why wasn't the body identified right away mm -hmm. like you should have expedited this the second mm -hmm. so there was a lot of like just chaos in the comments and then december sunday december 10th we get nothing except for that really weird meme post about lock your car and then we roll into the 11th, and it's later in the day that they release a social media blurb that they did, in fact, identify the body found at Jordan Cooper's residence, and it was Jordan Cooper, and they did so through the use of dental records. Oh, I remember when this happened, because I remember thinking it's super weird. So for anybody who doesn't know, just a little blurb insert, uh, December in Florida is still very hot. Like, we're still, like, I think that year, like, we were up in the 80s. Yeah, so it, through this search, the average temperature was 84. Yeah, so we're still very, and then you got to factor in humidity, and humidity adds in like 10, 15 degrees. So like it's still like very hot time, and that, that like we were wearing Christmas T-shirts, mm -hmm. and, th and that was hot. Yeah, and that's the end of the updates from the Clay County Sheriff's Facebook page. Okay. So now we're gonna switch back to news sources. So this is where it gets 
a little weird too. So this is according to News 4 Jacks. December on December 12th, reporter Lindsay Gardner, which is part of their investigation team, they call it their I team. This is she's a reporter for them. This is what she informed us. So Jordan Cooper's mother is the one who returned to the house on Saturday and reported a foul odor to authorities, which led them to search the home again and find Cooper's body, which was positively identified through dental records. Cooper's mom took to Facebook on Monday after her daughter's remains were positively identified, writing in part, I'm very thankful to have so many people who cared and are concerned. I have no answers to anything right now. I will be spending my time concentrating on taking care of Jordan one last time in her precious life. I will no longer be able to see her or hold her or to say goodbye. So I'm asking all of you out of respect for her to continue to pray and remember her the way she was. Loving, caring, kind-hearted, even to people that weren't to her. There is no love like a mother's love. And when something that precious is taken from you, it takes a part of you no longer complete inside. But she now has her angel's wings and is free to fly. I love you, Jordan, and I will never leave you. I will be with you forever, and you will be in my heart. Love, your mom. I know. Like, uh, I, like, I had to practice that four times to not sob through it because after all the rumors and what everything is saying, like at the end of the day, we have to remember this is a mom and this was like, this was her baby. Jordan was the youngest and I can't imagine like, cause she has no answer. She has no idea what happened. She just knows that her daughter was found in an attic and like no explanation right now. And so like to think she then was thrust again into the public eye for the funeral and I mean the comments and rumors didn't stop and everybody was questioning why she was returning to the home like that to me after seeing that like in like hearing it in her voice like I don't know how anyone could make any accusations no but like also why wouldn't she return home they weren't even searching the house they were searching the woods around Little Rain Lake which again, let me remind you, is probably a mile and a half, two miles from where Jordan's residence is located. Yeah, so I definitely we're gonna map so everything she, out. So she probably got the okay to go home. Like, that's where her clothes are at. That's where like everything is at. And so at this time, she Jordan's mom was seeing somebody, and she was staying at his house because he was driving her to and from searches and stuff. Mm, okay. So I mean, I, mean, I don't think I don't think I would want to stay. At I wouldn't want to stay. So, News for Jax reached out to Clay County Sheriff Daryl Daniels for comment on the new information in the case and received no response. Radio silence. So, moving on with the related information in the case, it's, it's rough. So, um, for anyone that maybe has, like, tinier humans with them, just, like, hey, heads up. So... According to First Coast News, media outlet reporter uh, Melissa Guez on January 20th, so like it's quiet from like December to January, so this now we're into 2018, Jordan's body was found in an attic heavily concealed under insulation. The suspect, a man who lived down the street from her, and that was kind of it. So then at a press conference on Friday, deputies decided to announce the name of the man that they had arrested, Joe Arthur Turner. 27, 
they charged him with murder and sexual battery. He was already in the Clay County Sheriff's um, Jail since December 29th um, for burglary charges for an incident that happened on November 1st. Hmm. So had they been able to maybe solve the burglary case a little bit faster? Yeah, but that's not something you can yeah. put on there. That's the it's what just, if, the it's hearsay. It's just like, yeah. again, it's like the what if, like something like that had had to happen. So how on earth did law enforcement get to this guy, right? Because it just seemed like we were moving so fast. We went from, like, nothing to everything all at, like, a snap. So after the medical examiner's report came in, we learned that she had died from asphyxia or suffocation. She she had bruises on her neck, face, chest, and legs. She also had cuts on her arm and a bruised tongue that she got when she bit down on it almost biting through it so that sucked when that came out I can that just so she she fought she fought hard um so we're jumping back to the state's attorney's office report because we needed some clarification so according to the state's attorney's office clothing and bedding was found near her body and of note her underwear was missing detectives also found a used adhesive band-aid so um, the autopsy revealed that she had died by asphyxiation, and at that point, a sexual assault kit was collected, end quote. So moving on and pulling together police reports, news reports, and the state's attorney's report, here's what we can for sure determine. Turner was the sole suspect in a separate burglary and grand theft investigation. Law enforcement arrested him in December 2017. They found him hiding in his attic at his home and at the time upon receiving consent law enforcement searched the attic where they had found him and discovered a large bag of women's clothing along with a pair of women's underwear readily visible a search warrant was then executed and the pair of underwear was submitted to the florida department of law enforcement for processing dna testing from the sexual assault kit matched turner as did dna collected from the adhesive bandage found near jordan's body and DNA from the underwear found in the attic also matched Jordan Cooper's, and Turner was officially arrested and charged on these charges. What a waste of, like, air. Like, what a waste of human space. Whatever you want to say, whatever you want to call him. Yeah. So, oh, this guy is winning no awards, and it gets worse. So, um, that was it. He was charged in 2018 and then nothing until march 10th of 2022 the family had to wait that long which sucks but i will say covid covid shut down the jail system for a very long time and these type of like murder cases do take a long time to actually get in front of a jury which well he entered a plea deal so there was no trial thank god for her family um, so he entered a plea deal, deal to the charges of second-degree murder, sexual battery, burglary, burglary with assault, and then um, the reason he did plead guilty was they made a um, deal with him to avoid the death penalty. Hard eye roll. I know. So at sentencing, this piece of shit reads a statement. And are you ready? You have no objects you can throw at me. He addresses Jordan's mom directly. It's bold. <laughs> uh-huh. Miss Renee, 
There's nothing I can say or do that will ever bring Jordan back. That's why I want to apologize. I want to sincerely apologize and say I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm sorry. From what I've heard, there's forgiveness in your hearts, and I'm so thankful for that. I just hope in time things will be better for each one of you all. Do you know, End quote. Do these, like, <laughs> do they have, like, you know, like, I a template? Do they have, like, a Because t- I swear every single person that murders somebody who is like, I'm so sorry if I could take their place, I would. Then don't fucking kill them. Right? Like, just, you know, like. Just oh, don't I'm do so, it. I, I'm so sorry. Don't fucking do it. Like, because yeah. the thing is, I hate these things because they're not actually sorry. No. They literally, I swear to God, there's a cut and paste template they have in a jail cell somewhere that they all just pass around. And they're oh, like, yeah. I'm so fucking sorry. Fuck you. So. I hope you choke on the air you breathe. The fact that he addressed her mom directly, I like, I would have swung into court. Like, I would have come unhinged. Jeff, is that it, her? That's her dad. Okay. Does she have a brother? She does have an older brother, but he... So, in one news report, it popped up that Jordan had attempted to make an 11 p.m. call to him on the 25th. But I could find nowhere corroborating that, and I could find, like, nothing else to back it up. Um, There was also rumors that the brother, Jordan's brother, and this guy were friends. Okay. I think they were just familiar because they lived on the same street. You know how you're familiar with people that live on your street? That's what I was going to ask about, because I remember hearing that somewhere, but I didn't know if that was... They were not best friends. They were not like... No. None of that. Okay. None of that jazz. No. So... Prior to sen- sentencing, the Cooper family um, issued a statement saying their hearts will forever be broken and missing the peace that is Jordan. They said nothing will ever take her place, but her memory will always be with them. So then they went on to release an additional statement. Jordan was the true victim. She was in a place she felt most secure, her home, when she was brutally murdered and taken from us, a senseless tragedy. The guilty plea and sensitivity sens- sentencing of the perpetrator after a four-year process brings closure to the legal process and finally attains some type of justice for Jordan. While the negotiated sentence may not be what the defendant deserved, it will allow those who love Jordan the opportunity to move forward and hopefully find peace. End quote. I don't think the state's attorney contacted her parents about the plea deal. I think they got blindsided. That would literally, again, I already said earlier, I'm not a huge fan of the state's attorney office. Um, be pissed. I, like, literally would be livid if that's actually the truth. Um, and also, to go back to this, you know, it just, like, popped in my mind. If he's so guilty about what he does and he feels so bad, you put her body in the attic under insulation. So, for all of our non, like, country, like, I joke around that I'm a hick all the time. Do you know how hard it is to separate insulation? Oh, yeah. Also, do you know what it feels like when you get insulation on your skin? How itchy it makes you? Mm-hmm. The feeling? He had to take her upstairs, which in Florida, most of our attics aren't connected by full stairs. It's like a pull-down, drop-down ladder. Oh, yeah. It's like rickety stairs. Like, you, you pray in every step of the way. Like, this was... You thought this out and planned this out. This wasn't like you just busted into their house and all of a sudden she's sitting there. Which is why I was like a little, like second degree murder I, I was questioning it because I really feel like they didn't offer any like there wasn't a lot of evidence supporting I guess when I pulled up the information from the state attorney's office like there wasn't a lot of evidence stated like we got a lot of our evidence information from news reporters yeah see 
I kind of wish there had been a formal trial. Like, I wish a plea deal hadn't been on the table. Because he should have at least got, like, freaking first degree. So he ended up being sentenced to 55 years. Not that I'm happy about 55 years, because I think there should be more. Because if he's 27, well, 27 when he did it. So he's 20, he was 29 when he was convicted. Wait, I thought it was four years later. So he's turning 30. Cool. So 55, that makes him 85. Most life expectancy isn't until 82. And, you know, life expectancy when you live in a jail is... I hope he gets... Karma is a B word, and she always comes around, so. So, he was sentenced to, so pulling up a, just to verify, so this is another News Project article by Amber, um, I'm sorry, by Ashley Harding. So, it was actually the neighbor of Jordan Cooper. He pled guilty to second degree murder, um, was sentenced to 55 years in prison, and I do not see anything about the possibility of parole just stating that the death sentence was taken off the table. He will, here we go. He will not be eligible for parole until the full sentence is served and completed. Yeah, and then he has to go in front of the parole board and then they can probably either deny him or... And he also has to be labeled as a sexual predator, which um, Uh, he shouldn't be making it out. So that I don't, like I didn't agree with that because send it to the jurors send it to the jurors because mm-hmm. she would have got more than second degree I but if it was to not want to go to trial I do understand if it had not been their choice and been taken away from them I'm pissed and state attorney office I'm coming for you like but the quote that they released while the negotiated sentence may not be what the defendant deserved I because re- you know the state attorney loves to blindside people yes they do because it sucks so I am so what's the point of all this so the point of all this and why I selected this case was Jordan's family set up a scholarship fund in her honor so um, we would really like to see donations to it they are also doing a uh, memorial run and they are partnered with the 4th of July memorial run for the next two years they've been welcome to walk run or jog this um, 5k um, on the 4th of July, on the hottest day of the year in, in Florida. Only for you, Jordan girl, because I, uh, no. Yeah, no, nobody nobody else would have us out there in, in this heat. So I want to, like, highlight the fact that she does have this scholarship fund, and what does your, go, your donation go towards? And so your donation, according to her website, will primarily fund scholarships for students at Keystone Heights High School, as well as support other causes that are near and dear to Jordan's heart, such as anti-bullying education. In addition, this non-for-profit is an all-volunteer organization, so all donations go to the primary focus efforts of the non-for-profit. So nobody at this non-for-profit is paid. All volunteers. So that, to me, is amazing because I feel so often these big non-for-profits, looking at you, Goodwill, um, take such a huge chunk of what they get and they do not give back to the communities again looking at you goodwill so the fact that everybody's volunteers i think really speaks to the heart of everybody involved in this and you can donate um at www.jordancooperscholarship.org 
forward slash donate and they have a direct link on their website and everything goes straight to them and it is a tax write-off so they do have that information on their website as well and um, under the donate tab you can find all of that so and that concludes our first case and there were no tears almost i almost cried there they was were water there. oh gosh that from her mom Like I said, I had to practice that because I bawled my eyes out and was so angry at every every step of the way because I feel like there was inaction and then action but not like worthy action and then misguided action. It was just a hot mess express from day one. And I feel so bad. But hopefully some good can come out of it and we will get some donations for her scholarship to help other students in anti-bullying education which we all need a little more kindness in the world so please go donate and we greatly appreciate it see you later gremlins